Hey, it's Mark Kinsley. As you head into the new year, I know you're going to be making some decisions about your business. And here's one I want you to really think about. And I heard it from a friend of mine who runs mattress stores in Oklahoma City. He said, look, Nationwide had knocked on my door a few times. And finally, I just walked through the math. And the financing advantages alone would pay for the membership and save our company money. But look, there's lots of little levers you can pull within your Nationwide membership. But I'm telling you, it's about the community. It's about being able to call people and relationships and problem solve. And the performance groups they just launched are a great example of that. You're going to have a tight-knit community where you can navigate these uncertain times with people who have your back. Get started right now at nationwidegroup.org. It's Podium. So it's kept us connected. We actually signed up with Podium a year ago because they showed us the, the level of engagement, a graph of the level of engagement with their, the way they do it versus other live chats. And the day we signed up, we saw it the first day. We got three the first day. And it stayed very consistent after that. But when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, suddenly it went from three to like 15 a day. And not only that, we realized in the store, we weren't wanting to pass out cards to people because with the pandemic being so fresh and uh, information not really out there, we didn't, we didn't want to be passing things around. So we just asked people, hey, is it okay if we text you the information? And they're happy to just see it on their phone and be all set with shopping on their phone. But I even noticed too, a lot of times when people were leaving the store, I would send them their quote over text and then send them a link to purchase and say something like, here's a path to purchase. And it was very easy and intuitive for them to go home, think about it, decide, purchase it. And the next day you come in and you're just reserving everything, getting it ready, because in the end, that's what they wanted. They were able to do the research and they could buy it the moment they wanted it. They didn't have to wait for your phone call. Uh, they didn't have to wait for your store to open. That is Andrew Matman Schlesser from Sweet Dreams Mattress and Furniture in North Carolina. He, he said it all. Just go over to podium.com forward slash dose, D-O-S, so podium.com forward slash dose to get 10% off and to get signed up and get connected and be connected. That's what Podium's all about. Podium.com forward slash dose. Dose Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. So I walk in and my friend Angel opens up a bottle of Vuv and pours a glass for my wife and I. And Angel is this amazing retail salesperson working in downtown Chicago. And I am not one of his customers or clients. My wife's father, Gordon, is. He's bought many suits from Angel. And he's actually followed Angel from Saks to Neiman's and a couple other stops along the way because Angel is so phenomenal. He's so good that when Gordon's son-in-law and his daughter come into the store, he takes all the time that we need just to say hello pours us glasses of real champagne. This is not sparkling, real champagne. And we talk about 
his upcoming trip to Italy that he won because he was the top salesperson in the US, one of the top people for Keton. This guy is next level. You, you can feel the, just the, the love that he has for retail. And those stories, when you see somebody that's part of their craft and they do it so well, and they just have passion and compassion, it's great. But then you think, okay, what's happening behind the scenes with Angel? Well, you casually observe as you're leaving the store, him talking to the janitor that he knows his entire family and he cares, clearly cares for this person and has a relationship with him. It's so cool to see the best of the best at retail. And that's what you get there. So did you buy anything? Uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the best of the best in retail, we are so excited. Um, so one of the cool things that's happened as a result of us writing this book is the fact that we've come across the paths with some really cool people. We're going to introduce you to one of them today. Uh, Ron Thurston wrote a really great book, you guys. It's called Retail Pride. So check it out. And you can see all of my notes uh, <laughs> that I've been taking because there's so much good stuff in there. Equally. So, yeah. There, oh, for, come, come back to bed. Yeah, good. Yes. Uh, so Ron is the uh, VP of stores for Intermix. They got 31 stores and he's just an awesome guy. And the stuff in this book is so great. Ron, welcome to the show. Thanks for spending time with us. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, I love the connection of having the same publisher and then hearing you on a similar podcast that I was on for the author hour. And I just said, like, I have to know these guys. Like immediately. Oh, as soon as that's I, so 10 minutes in, I was like, I have to know these guys. Well, thanks. We love that. And we've, guys, we've been talking for probably a half hour before we start recording the show. And uh, it, it's great when you do that because we get so excited. There's so many things we want to get to. So, but to, to start us off, uh, I, I asked Kinsley for dibs on the first question because I, I was reading the book and I loved your dedication. Mm. So it's from my grandfather, Oscar Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Yeah. Pharaoh. And it says in here, so he lived until 2012. So obviously a really important person in your life. And so I just want to get to the, like, the inspiration behind it for you. And, and you say he showed you how to be a leader, a husband, and a teacher. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, you said he taught me that if you do everything with integrity and pride, your most significant impact will be ahead of you. and You might not even know it. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your granddad and kind of the role he played in your life and how it inspired the book. Mm. Uh, I'll try and do it and not cry. Um, he, so I grew up in kind of small town, South Lake Tahoe. And so actually on both sides of my parents, they were from Tahoe, which is very unusual because it's really just a small resort community at the time. And my grandfather built like the first schoolhouse, the first grocery stores, the post office, um, and did some custom homes. So he was, I would say, relatively well known in the community. My uncle was the mayor of South Lake Tahoe. We owned ski resorts as a family. Uh, and so we were very entrenched in the community. But what I, so as I was growing up, I watched him lead this relatively small construction company and ultimately became the primary, um, um, I wouldn't even say just the primary contractor to build all the Safeway stores on the West Coast. And so we actually moved to Sacramento from South Lake Tahoe um, because that's where the corporate office for Safeway was. 
So then he built a really large organization um, and then built grocery stores all the time. And I traveled with him um, really as early as I could that made sense where I could visit job sites with him and watched him interact with you know, everyone on site, all the guys on the job site and, and watched him engage in a way that felt very um, kind of full of empathy, again, full of curiosity, full of love and led in a way that I had never experienced and, and still rarely today. And that he was so connected and everyone had such an, an important relationship with him, regardless of their role. And that was, you know, he wasn't someone that would just the C-suite guy. He was in the trenches. He was doing the work. He was asking the questions. And, you know, outside of work, he was volunteered with all kinds of incredible organizations, raised money for charity. Uh, he was just that, that man that everyone just had something great to say. And even though I didn't really have a passion for construction, I had a passion for leadership and leading in a way that he did. And as my career grew, he was definitely that person side by side. Like, I'm doing this, what do you think? I'm leading this way, I'm doing, what do you think, what do you think? And he gave me a lot of feedback along the way. Um, and so yes, until you know, not that long ago, he has been my, my mentor um, every step. And that has meant a lot. And I would like to say you know, that my leadership style is very much inspired by him. That's a, uh, man, if you think back to those people that have an impact um, on moments in your life, I'm sure some come to mind, but man, when somebody is consistent over time and you get to witness them in mm -hmm. situation after situation, being the man or the woman or the person you want to be, and it adds up and it compounds over time, that is what really tends to stick. And it sounds like your granddad was that person. Yeah, he was definitely that person too. And, and I, would, I would actually even take it, it was almost more important outside of the work environment. Because then how do, you, how do you engage with the community? How do you build a sense of um, always giving back, always thinking about others and always like learning and growing? Um, and that's, that's what he did. And so even you know, some of the, I'm on the board of directors for Goodwill, like this idea of using your power for good using your skills for good, however that looks like. It's not always just about running your own company. How can I contribute to the community? How can I make um, an impact just using my gifts that I have? So it's really important to me today and just as it was important to him. Um, and so you're right, I, I, I give all of my credit to him. Well, clearly you're using your skills and your power for good as a leader in your company. And not only that, as someone who is now serving a broader community of people in your book. I mean, the, I love the, the subtitle, the title is retail pride. The subtitle is the guide to celebrating your accidental career. Take, take us into that word accidental. You think people just find themselves in these retail jobs and then wonder how did I get here? Well, Kinsley, did you wake up and go, God, maybe someday I'm going to be a mattress guy? 
Hey, it was even worse for me because <laughs> I met you and you weren't even a mattress guy. You were the guy that bent wire. And then you wanted me to market wire that was bent for springs. I'm like, this well, is a dream come true. Well, I'm a moron because I got out of the mattress business and into the, the bent wire business, which I don't know how that works. But anyway, Ron, back to you more importantly. So talk about the accidental career. It, so it's, you know, I've interviewed, I've hired probably in the course of my career, I've opened dozens, maybe even in the hundreds of stores over the course of the last 30 years and interviewed thousands of people and sat and, and listened. And, you know, I, I do things that, it, you know, I coin things after my own name, Ron's Roundtable. You know, well, Ron's coming to town. Let's have a Ron's Roundtable. It's my own kind of ego at work. I'm not sure my grandfather would have actually approved of that. Um, but, you know, to, so sitting and listening to everyone's stories, very commonly, working in brick and mortar retail, regardless of your role, stock, sales, leadership, multi-store leadership, it was very unplanned. And there is no particular college degree that says, I'm going to be great at retail. There's no one company that says, I'm going to work here and I'm going to be good at brick and mortar retail. There's not one leader. There's not one resource that says, this sets you up for success. There's no common, um, no, no common platform that says this, if you do this, you will be good at this. And so there's this constant of like, yeah, I didn't really plan this, but this is where I am. This is, was very accidental. I started in college and I, or I, I finished my degree. I was doing this part-time and here I am 20 years later. I, it just seems to be a very accidental you know, career. And so I actually intentionally wanted to use that in the title uh, because it's, it's very common um, to think. And the original working title of the book is, you know, retail, the, the career that's okay to love. Um, and, but, but the idea of pride actually became a bigger word because pride is such a huge philosophy about being proud of what you do and proud of who you are. Um, but the fact that it can be accidental so I have a career that I love, that I'm proud of, is for me an interesting mix of, of words and a title. You know, Ron, let's talk about the accidental career because it happens for 42 million people yes. in, our, in, in, our, in, our, in our world, in our orbit, right? That's a lot of people. And you see here, on average, we spend nearly 45 minutes a day or 275 hours per year purchasing goods and services, which essentially comes out at, I got it right here, $2.6 trillion. So talk about one of the backbones of our economy. There's a lot of people in this gig, right? Yeah, huge. It's huge. It's, you know, I think this year has taught us the value and the importance of our brick and mortar retail community and what it adds to our economic value and our human experience and our the concepts of shopping locally and supporting businesses and growing the economy through brick and mortar retail. And, and yes, I think the other part of the conversation this year that has, I think been very missed by the retail community is the fact that all the, all the news goes to the growth of e-commerce and that's great. And it's real. No one's questioning that, but it was always the smaller part of our, of our commerce. And so if it was, you know, there are different facts, depends on what you read. And it was eight, about 89% brick and mortar, 11% e-commerce. 
you know, and th this year it's expected to be 1525, which means that e-commerce has grown at like 30, 40% increases over last year. And that gets all the news because there's an assumption there that that means it's the decline of brick and mortar. And while there will be, you know, a, a probably single digit decline over last year, this year and a growth of e-commerce, we still own the majority of the commerce in this country and the world happens in stores. And no one's really sharing that in a big, bold way. And so then all this noise, all this negativity, I really want to change that conversation of say, you are part of an enormous group of people who provide a, a huge part of the economic success of this country. And you should be really proud to do what you do. And this year was particularly hard for a variety of reasons. And there were a lot of layoffs and going into next year, I think we all have to work together to work on networking, working on community events and supporting each other. Because what has happened is if I've been in brick and mortar retail for 20 years and I got laid off this year, I'm not changing my career. I'm still working in brick and mortar retail and you have to love it more than ever and use your network more than ever. Uh, it's, it's, it's not getting the attention that I think it, it deserves this year, the power of this enormous part of our, of our economy. Whenever you talk to people in retail today, I mean, fundamentally, a lot of the jobs have changed to curbside pickup is mm -hmm. part of the job. Turning some of these stores into mini warehouses seems to be part of the job. What are some of those shifts that have taken place that you think might stick? You know, how those retail jobs might fundamentally change versus what's a stopgap measure? So I think in, in the absence of, of traffic in most cities, you know, and then I say most because this, what has happened this year is not one size fits all. So there are parts of this country that are doing very well. There are parts of the country that aren't. So in the absence of traffic, you as a, as a sales associate have to figure out how to drive revenue without a customer standing in front of you. So the, I think that will always be part of the job now is you, you can no longer just rely on traffic walking in, which is also know why you wrote your book, which is full of great ideas of how to do that. But, it, but if it's not coming today, how am I going to make money? And that has fundamentally changed the way we think about being a retail sales associate is that it's not about conversion. It's about long-term relationships and about finding ways to make money that may not happen today. It could be happens six months from now, but this not giving up on the relationship building part of what you do um, regardless of what you sell, because I think it certainly applies in your business, but it applies in the fashion business. It applies in home. It applies in everything um, that the relationship that you have today, whether or not they're standing in front of you builds business for the future. You know, you, you talk about in your book and in Kinsley and I talk about it and come back to bed as well, that the experience. So it, and Ron, what you just said is so important. It's funny, isn't it Kinsley? I mean, it's the back back when we were with Leggett in dealing with inner springs versus memory foam because memory foam and air were really owning the message, right? And so that part of the industry conversation got all the attention because it was trending, right? Yeah. And so the same thing applies here. 
e-commerce is, is, is a lot of the conversation today because it's trending, but there's this whole other 85%, 90%, depending on the vertical you're in, that's not online. It's like the brick and mortar thing. Yeah. And so one of the things you say in your book that we also talk about is the fact that if you're going to be in brick and mortar retailer, then you have a responsibility and the responsibility is to create experiences, right? So do something that they can't do online. And right here on page 19, you talk about joy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you say shopping in stores must either be as cheap and convenient as ordering from Amazon, or it must be entertaining and educational offering memorable experiences that can't be replicated online. So can you talk about that in the joy of retail? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's those moments that are more than the product. It's the joy of retail is I just had this incredible experience. You referenced it several times too, is that you are in the service of creating joy. You are, there's a right, even toward the end, I know we're going back and forth and quoting each other's books. Um, there was, you know, the, you're in the life improvement business. I love that, that term because it's true. Joy is about enhancing an experience that is memorable and that you share. And so you've created whatever version of that looks like for that customer. And I think that's what's where I really spend a lot of time is there's not one version of what joy looks like. It's whatever creates joy for that particular customer family on that particular day at that particular time. And the most intuitive, highly empathetic, highly curious sales teams can understand what that, what that person needs at that time. And that creates joy because you've listened and you've paid attention to the signals and you've created an environment that is memorable. Uh, and that's our responsibility in brick and mortar retail. That is our purpose for being in the store. Um, because if you can buy it on the website with zero emotion linked to it, then I want to be able to sell you the exact same product with an incredible amount of emotion and positivity and brand, um, brand equity that doesn't exist otherwise. And we've all figured that out this year, being forced to order things online that you didn't want to. Uh, and for me, you know, as, as kind of a work in fashion, as the fashion guy, I love to shop and, and having the inability to do that, um, was really kind of emotionally painful. Uh, cause I just, I, I want to be in, engaged in what's happening. Um, and that to never forget that joy that we, um, can, and sometimes you know, to your the point about my grandfather, we don't even know. Sometimes we don't even know that we've done something special for them. Um, I'll share you uh, like another quick story. There's another book here on my desk. Um, this one's called The Under- Underwear in My Shoe by Brett Russo, who also published through our common um, publishers. And I, it's about her journey in IVF. It's called The Underwear in My Shoe, My Journey Through IVF Unfiltered. And I'm like, that's interesting. Like, I don't know anything about IVF. But what is IVF for those who don't know? Yeah. So in in vitro fertilization. And so the publisher connected us and said, this woman writes about your company in her book. And I'm like, what do you mean? So she's like, no, there's a, there's a title of, there's a chapter in her book called Intermix. Like, this is very super interesting. So during her journey of 
through IVF when she was feeling her worst, feeling her most bloated, feeling like she might be pregnant, she might be not, she would go to my Intermix store and the Lower East Side and shop. And she never actually bought anything, but, but her, she writes about the experiences that she had in the store and how beautiful the sales team made her feel and that she felt like kind of her New York self and that she felt so beautiful and powerful just going in there and trying on clothes. So I have, her book came out in September. She and I are of course now like best of friends and she lives in a house in New Jersey with you know the family that she um, has through IVF. And it's just so beautiful to say, you actually have no idea the impact that you just had of a woman trying on clothes in the fitting room. You made her feel beautiful. And she wrote a chapter about you in her book. And so I've shared this, of course, quite loudly on my, uh, with my sales teams, is that you don't know. You don't know what that impact is. And that, for me, is the core of what great brick and mortar retail. It's so powerful. It's not about selling things. And I, I just, I can't speak about it enough. It, give, it gives me such great joy to even talk about it because it's, it's, under, it's underrated and under-celebrated which is why the cover of the book is so colorful. So Dr. V, you are a user of door counts, but let's talk about how door counts links up foot traffic coming in your store with selling process and follow-up. Well, years ago, I read a book by John Lohan uh, and I love the way, and one of his big taglines was, um, you can't improve it unless you can measure it. And that in and of itself is just such a great concept. Now it's obvious, uh, but you need to have the benchmark. So one of the reasons why we chose to go with door counts was to get a really good accurate measurement of our foot traffic when they come in. Um, and so that was the big thing initially with it. We found it to be a so much greater value than that because our salespeople use it to be able to capture the information for our guests when they come through the doors. We actually get a photograph of them. It comes right up on the door counts. We know exactly which salesperson is gonna be assigned to which guest when they come in. You know, one of the biggest complaints you sometimes get is a guest that goes, you know, I came into your store, I walked around for 30 minutes and no one ever approached me. Well, we don't deal with that anymore because with door counts, we're able to capture their picture, it comes right up on the laptop. We know which salesperson has been assigned to who, uh, therefore we don't lose them. Uh, in that sense, we're also able to capture their information. We're also able to email them back if we know we got a particular promotion coming up. It tracks our close ratio. Once again, if we can track it, we can improve it. You know, it's, it, yeah. it's interesting to hear you talk about this person who was going through a very difficult time she was going through this massive transition and in the furniture and mattress business we talk a lot about people are in transitions whenever they come into your store and that's the biggest opportunity for you to serve them and win and connect with them in a meaningful and emotional way because transitions are scary yeah. they're full of uncertainty even if it's a an exciting and positive transition and I, I actually hadn't brought that down to the, the retail level for fashion and clothing, 
but so many people are going through some sort of transition. Maybe they're changing their entire wardrobe because they've reinvented themselves and they've lost a lot of weight, or maybe they're going on a vacation and it's meaningful and significant in their lives because it's going to mark an anniversary. And I think if we just zoom out and think about the transitions people are in and how tough they can be, man, we know how it feels to go through transitions in our own lives. And if somebody just came along and gave you just a little word of encouragement or a little nudge in the right direction or a little, Hey, let's, let's have a great day together, man. It makes a huge difference. Just how, how are you doing? You know, this is the year of being empathetic and, and just asking questions around how are you feeling today? And as leaders, you know, and running a large retail organization, that's my number one responsibility is to making sure that they're okay. They're safe and they're, they're well taken care of and they're heard and that I'm providing the necessary resources for them to be able to do that. It's not hammering them on sales results. And it starts, not it starts with what you talked about f- with following your grandpa and witnessing that example. I talked to one of our retailers the other day and he tells me, and this is a guy that dresses up in a mattress costume and runs 5Ks in the community. He's amazing. And he tells me, he's like, Gen Z, or he's like, yeah, Gen Z. He goes, Gen Z is amazing. I go, really? Like everybody bagged on millennials for so long. I thought it was only going to get worse. He goes, no. He goes, it, it's, it's getting better. There's only one key thing you got to do. You just got to give them purpose. You got to tell them we're here to change people's lives by sleeping better. And we're going to help them outfit their home in a way that makes it their nest and a place they love to be and memories with family. He's like, if you give them purpose, they're incredible. So I think that, and I go, well, what about millennials? He goes, oh, it's the same thing. <laughs> you got to give them, get out of the purpose. It's, it's the same thing for all of us. Whenever Quinn so passionately shared the mattress industry with me, I'm like bending wire. Great. Uh, two thumbs up. No, he said, this is all about helping people sleep better. You sleep better. You live a better life. And sleep impacts every moment of your night, sleeping bad, and your day because you want to feel effervescent and rested. So that purpose piece, and I can tell that you do that, Ron. Yeah. I, I, I aspire to do it well every day, like to find those moments to, um, to recognize that greatness that's around. And this is, I said it before, this is not the year where greatness looks like great sales. This is a year where greatness looks like doing the right thing, being highly empathetic, just making a positive impact um, on the lives of everyone around you that's walking in the door. And that sounds very bold, but it actually can be quite simple and, and pretty easy. And you know, in the heart of New York City, this is not a super happy place right now. And so you have to find those moments of joy and celebration that are not about hugging and high-fiving. You know, it's, it's what are you doing that's emotionally connecting. Um, you know, so. Ron, we, we know you have a big call coming up, so we want to be sensitive to your time. But I, I want to encourage everyone who's listened to this so far to pick this book up because it's not just about like, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of retailing. Ron gives 10 reasons why people pick it and love the industry. So there's great stuff in there. 
Um, he talks about his time as an Apple store manager and the impact that made on him. And if you can imagine being the manager of an Apple store and people lining up three days in advance to buy, you know, the stuff that you have, like, what do you do in that transition? I, I know real quick, if you could tell the story before we bounce out of here, yeah. um, you had all those long lines. Kinsey, you'll love this because it's right in your wheelhouse of, you know, you have to win in transitions. So Ron, you had, you know, a hundred thousand people in line waiting for the new iPhone. What did you do? to make that moment of transition a winner for your store? So, you know, those were, this, this was 2009. I started at Apple at the launch of iPhone 2. And this idea of, we really didn't know what we were doing. And so it was a transition for the company, but it was also very much a transition in technology and, and the world. I mean, Apple, the, the iPhone has changed the human race for lack of a better term and how we live our life. Uh, so I, I spent probably three weeks. I was a store manager in the line with people teaching them how to use the phone. And, and I'll never forget it. Cause it was like a, one of those gray folding carts that you would, that you would find. I would fill it with like crackers and bottled water and snacks. And so I would walk the line. Like I had 300 people in the store um, as a team of 300 helping people buy this phone or teaching them how to use it. But the worst part of the experience is the waiting in line. And I knew that like if this part, if, if the waiting in line is not so painful, once you get in the store, this is going to be like the magic kingdom in here. And so I and people had never seen an iPhone. So I had like the one I, you know, like this walking around, walking through the line, showing them how to use it and giving them snacks. I did that for weeks. And that um, we ended up as a store having some of the best customer service scores in the world among all Apple stores. And this, this was actually, you know this well, Mark, this was Baybrook Mall in Houston. I ran all the Apple stores in Houston. And so the, this was at Baybrook Mall, which is of not, very suburban, not very famous mall. We had the best service in the world in that store. And I was really proud of that. Like, and so those, that team, I'm still actually very connected with many people because um, we, we created magic that year for sure. And a lot of hard work and a lot of long hours, but you know, it, it definitely changed, it changed me. And I think it changed people's perception of brick and mortar retail at the time. Ron, uh, thank you for sharing a little bit of time with us and for sharing that amazing blazer. That is the best <laughs> jacket that's ever been on this show by it's far. It's actually made out of fleece. It's, it's like sweatshirt fabric made into a blazer. Oh, I have, before we go, I have a question for you. Maybe you can solve a problem for Kinsley and I. How do you feel about vests for men? Like, Vest. Don't like editorialize vest. it. Not, Just let him let him answer the question. I'm, I'm asking the question. A vest for men. How do you feel? It's not a three piece suit vest. Like a vest. How do you feel about those? Like a sweater vest. Yeah, it could be a sweater vest or like a vest, like a jacket vest. Uh, I've, I'm I'm mixed on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, how Ron, about this? That's you, not you the answer together, we need here, buddy. Ron, you put together some thoughts about vests, and we'll have you back for part two. <laughs> Because I want to go through your top 10 reasons to dive into retail. And I really love number five. And I'm going to leave it at that. 
um, and definitely pick up Ron's book. It's called Retail Pride, the guide to celebrating your accidental career. And look, if you're a leader in organization or if you have a retail job and you want to find your purpose, you want to inject your business with more purpose um, and then pick up the book, especially now. Now is the time. We'll put links uh, in the show notes at mattresspodcast.com. And uh, we, I mean, we just kind of recommitted you to another episode. I'm, uh, so. I'm, I'm all in. We have so much more to talk about. <laughs> so true. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Ron. Um, have Thank a great both. rest of your week. And we'll congratulations on your book as well. I know you're just a few weeks into it. Bestseller status. You, you are the number one new release in the retail industry, which is the slot I had like four weeks prior. So it's great that, you know, we're, we are kind of running side by side and adding value to the industry we both love, all of us love. Hey, thanks for who you are and everything you give to your industry. It's obvious that you're making an impact and uh, we love who you are and we love what you wrote. So thanks a bunch. Thank you. Thanks guys. We'll talk to you soon. You can bounce on it. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater. Bounce by the ounce. Now, now we, we got, got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. It's the best thing to happen to your mattress. Yeah. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get high. If you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone, out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Nothing short of cheap. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming When your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got the type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us and you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses. Yeah.